Hey, CF family, thank you for joining us today. We really hope that this message encourages you and blesses your life. Well, before you hear this powerful teaching, I want to encourage you to share this message with someone who needs to hear the gospel. You never know what this message can do to the life of that person. Also, we want you to know that wherever you're watching us from, you can still impact the lives of others through your giving. It is through your generosity that we can keep pushing the kingdom of God forward in our city and all over the world. Giving is safe and simple. You can go to our app or you can go to our website, cfmiami.org give. Well, God bless you and I hope you enjoy this message. Hey, how many of you are just so glad as we start this year that we can trust in a God who will never fail us or forsake us. Come on, let him hear right now at all campuses. Amen, amen. Hey, well, welcome. Happy New Year's, by the way. I feel like I haven't seen you since last year, but it's great to be here today worshiping God together. Welcome, everyone. My name is Omar, and I have the honor and the privilege of serving as a lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship. And I want to welcome all of our campus right now that are joining us live all throughout Miami, uh, from Doral all the way to Coral Gables, West Kendall, Redland, Homestead, and, uh, and even here at Palmetto Bay. Thank you so much uh, for being here. And today we are starting a brand new series called The Family Trust. And we're going to be looking at the life of Abraham from the book of Genesis and to see how a family trusts the Lord in different circumstances. Today, we're going to be looking at how a family can trust God in the midst of uncertainty. And so I'm ready and excited to dive into God's holy word. I hope you are as well. And so wherever you find yourself, let's open up our Bibles to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, and also Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, And you can follow along with me as I read, all right? Listen to what God's word says. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And then listen to what it says in the book of Hebrews about Abraham. It says that he went out, not what church? At all campus, what? Not what? Yeah, not knowing where he was going. In other words, the Lord led Abraham on a journey, folks, into the unknown into a journey full of uncertainty. That is God's word. You can go and take a seat, everybody, at all campuses. And church, let me start off by sharing an illustration with you that I've shared years and years ago, but I think it's so fitting for our teaching for today. You know, being a kid from the 80s, I really loved Steven Spielberg movies. How many of you enjoyed Steven Spielberg movies? Yeah, I mean, how could you not love E.T., Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, Jaws, all those really great films. But a film that I really enjoyed was a series, Indiana Jones. Specifically, the last one, The Last Crusade. Now, if you have not seen the movie, let me just give you a quick overview of what takes place in the movie. Because Indiana Jones is on a journey. Everyone say journey. Yeah, everyone say journey. Yeah, he's on a journey to find his father, Henry Jones. Now, mind you, Henry Jones was shot trying to pursue and find the Holy Grail. 
And so when Indiana Jones finally finds him, he comes to him, right? And right there, you know, there, there's a moment in the movie where he gets a book from his father, right, with, with instructions to go find the Holy Grail. Now, family, it's important for him to find the Holy Grail because not only could it save his father, but also the Nazis are in pursuit of the Holy Grail. And so throughout the movie, there's a lot of tension building up to this moment. And folks, as Indiana Jones is on that journey, right, he gets to a point where he, in the journey, where there is a bottomless pit. And folks, check this out. In his mind, this bottomless pit was uncrossable. There was just too much uncertainty. There was too much unknown as to how he could get through this portion of his journey. In fact, take a look at that scene. The healing power of the Grail is the only thing that can save your father now. It's time to ask yourself what you believe. Yeah, and so you can see, listen, don't miss this, because when Indiana Jones, right, got to that point in his journey, right, being led kind of by his father, in his mind, there was just too much uncertainty. There was just too much unknown, and really, his trust was going to be tested at that moment. And church, let me just bring all of that over to our teaching for today, because what a picture of how many of us may feel today as we start this new year. And by that I mean that just like Indiana Jones, right, came in a point in his journey, right, where, where he didn't know there was too much uncertainty, too much unknown. Listen, just like that. And here's the main idea as we open up God's word today. You know, in our journey, right, with our Heavenly Father. Listen, the Lord at times, He's going to lead us into places, into a portion of our journey, of our walk with Him, that the reality is that it may seem uncrossable, that there's, that there's just too much unknown. There's too much uncertainty. I don't know how I'm going to get through this season in my life. And what happens is that for many children of God, when they get to that place, since they don't know what to do, it almost like paralyzes them at that juncture. And who knows, maybe you're right now, you're sitting here today, and that's the way that you feel as you start this brand new year. Maybe you've come to the point in your marriage that you really don't know how your marriage is going to go on from here. For some of us, it's something with our child. 
Maybe a wayward child, something's going on. Maybe for, for you, it's not something in your family. Maybe it's financial. Maybe you're at a point in your journey, in your career, in your business, that there's just too much unknown. There's just too much uncertainty. For some of us, it could be an illness, your illness, an illness of a family member. And your family has gotten here to the point, and there's just too much uncertainty from here on out. And maybe you're sitting here right now, you're sitting in one of our campuses, and you're wondering, Omar, how do I get through, these, through this moment? I don't even know what to do. Because surely God will never lead me to a moment full of uncertainty, right? Full of, f- full of instability, right? God will never do that. And folks, we're going to find out today from Genesis chapter 12 as we look at the life of Abraham, all right? So if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 12. You can follow along in our listening guides as well as in our app. And uh, today I have three important thoughts when we are faced in a season of uncertainty. Christ Fellowship, are you ready to dive into God's Word this new year? Yeah? Yeah? All right. So write this down as point number one. Here's the first thing we need to know. That is this. That God oftentimes leads families to follow Him into the unknown. Now listen to what God's word says in Genesis 12, verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Now stop right there and slip into the scene for a moment. Because Abraham, who's at this point is still called Abram, uh, is living in a city named Haran in the Middle East. And he's living there with his family. Let me give you, show you a little bit of where that's located so you understand where Haran is. Now, it's important for you to understand that Abraham's family never didn't always live in Haran. They're actually from a place called Ur of the Chaldeans, further east. In fact, Ur is very close to the Tower of Babel that we looked at in the, in the late fall. If you were here, you, we, looked at, we looked at God's word to the story of the Tower of Babel. Uh, but folks, as we start this series, I think it's important for us to know Abraham's family tree because it will really help us understand as we move forward chapter by chapter through this whole story. So, so let's travel back and let's look at his family tree. And let's go back all the way to Noah. So Noah, which we covered back in the fall as well, Noah had three sons whose name was Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Now, Keep, uh, for next week, remember the name Ham, because we're going to look at that specific son. But, but uh, Shem was actually the, the son of Noah, who God decided to bring about the future Messiah, who eventually will be Jesus Christ, right? So he's a descendant through the line of Shem. Now, Shem kept having kids, and we get to a point where one of his uh, uh, descendants was, went by the name of Terah. And folks, Terah had three different sons. One of them was Haran, coincidentally, same as the city where they were living in. Uh, the other was Abram. And the other one, as you can see, it was Nahor. Now, Abraham's, Abraham's brother, uh, Haran, had a son whose name was Lot. And somewhere along the way, something happened to Haran, but Haran ended up p- passing away. And so Abraham uh, ended up almost like adopting his own nephew to be like his son, uh, especially because Abraham and Sarah, his wife, uh, were older people. They were barren. They could not have any children. 
so in many ways, for practical purposes, God, uh, Abraham adopted this son, this, this young man named Lot to be like his son. Now, it seems like at some point, going back to his, Abraham's father, Terah, it seems like at some point God called Terah to eventually leave the Ur of the Chaldeans and make his way all the way to the land of Canaan, which is modern-day Israel, right? So, so, so God was leading Terah to go to Canaan. But folks, listen to what it says in the prior chapter. It says, so Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son's, his son's Abram's wife. And folks, they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they what? Settled. You could do better than that. What is it? Settled. Yeah, they settled. That's key, folks. Don't miss that. They settled there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. So folks, notice, as, as they were on the way, as Terah was leading his family all the way from Ur to the land of Canaan, instead of making his entire way all the way to Canaan, instead, they stopped and they settled in this place called Haran. And Scripture says that Terah actually ended up dying and pass away, passing away there in that city. Now, there are some scholars that say that this was not a spiritual, uh, a physical death, but more of a spiritual death because in the New Testament, when uh, Stephen, the first martyr, when he gave almost like a history, there were some differences. And so they, some say that it may be that this death that is described in Genesis was more of a spiritual death of Abraham's father, Terah, not so much a, a, of a physical one. At any rate, listen, whether it was physical or whether it was spiritual, the point is that Terah stopped leading his family in the ways of God. At some point, he stopped, he started disobeying, and instead of going all the way to Canaan like God had asked him to, he instead settled in the city named Haran. And folks, I want to take the time to speak to those of us who are fathers here and grandfathers. Because listen, as you go, your family goes. Listen, fathers, you are called by God to be the spiritual leader of your family. Being a spiritual leader does not mean that you need to know the entire scripture by, you know, by, by, mem by, the, book, by the Bible by memory. It doesn't mean that you need to be some great biblical scholar. Being a spiritual leader means that you simply set the pace for the family, that you are the ones who sets the priorities in your family about the things of God. And listen, you as a father, you could be the biggest blessing to your family or on the other side of that coin, you could be the biggest hindrance spiritually to your family. And so I want to challenge you. Listen, for fathers, you want a good New Year's resolution? Forget about uh, getting in shape and going to the gym and making more money or starting a new business venture. Listen carefully. You want a God-honoring New Year's resolution? Let it be that you will be the best possible spiritual leader for your family. Amen? Can we encourage our fathers and grandfathers? 
Because the truth is that so many families struggle spiritually. And a large reason for that is because the fathers are not being the men that God is calling them to be. We see here for Terah, listen, it seems that even though God was leading that man to go all the way to Canaan, at some point he stopped being the man that God was calling him to be, and he settled there in Haran. But here's what I love. God was not done with his family, was he? In fact, listen to what it says in verse 1. It says this. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, his son, Now you go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. So notice, God is telling Abraham, Listen, leave your father's family behind. Leave everyone behind and go to the land that I will show you. And folks, listen, Abraham got his wife and his adopted son, Lot, right, his nephew. And folks, they began to start heading towards the land of Canaan. And folks, the reality is that they didn't even know where they were going. In fact, the book of Hebrews states that he went out not what? Not knowing where he was going. And perhaps you're here today, and you feel like you're starting this brand new year, and you're entering into a season in your life that you really don't know where you're going. You don't know what's ahead. Maybe it's in your marriage. There's just too much struggle, too many fights, too much uncertainty. Maybe you're at a point right now in your walk with the Lord where uh, with a child that you don't really know the future, you're entering into an issue with a child that you don't know the outcome, the final outcome of it. Again, maybe it's financial, maybe it's a new business, maybe it's a new, a new partner, something's going on to that effect. Or like I said earlier also, maybe it's an illness that you really don't know what's going to end up, what's the outcome of this. There's just too much uncertainty, too much unknown. But folks, here's the reality. Here's what's amazing. Every time that God leads one of his people into a season of the unknown, there's always two things present. Here they are. First of all, write this down as letter A. The first thing is that God always gives us commands in the middle of uncertainty. In fact, let's go back to the text. Let's do what it says. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. So God's command was clear. What was it? Listen, physically leave this place and start heading to where I want you to go. And folks, the truth is that even as you are entering into an unknown territory, even in your personal walk, the reality is that if you go to God's word, there's something that God's trying to tell you. There's a command. There's a truth. There's something that God's trying to remind you as you take steps into the unknown. So the question that I want to pose for you today is this. What is that command? What is that command in God's word that God is showing you yet you are refusing to listen? You know your life. You know your circumstance. What is something that the Lord is asking you to do that you're not listening, that you're not obeying the Lord in? See, the truth of the matter is that every single time the Lord gives us a command in his word, listen, with every single command, with every single truth, there's always something with it. Write this down, letter B. 
Listen, God always gives us promises of a blessing with each command. In fact, listen to what it says next. It says, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, right? That's a command. And notice, here's a promise. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And folks, what I love is that in each of these uncertain moments, when there's so much unknown, God always gives us commands, but they're coupled with promises in his word. And so one of the important uh, early lessons from Abraham's life is this, is that the blessings of God are only experienced through the command, through the obedience of God. Let that sink in. The blessings of God can only be experienced through the obedience of God. You see, if Abraham never took that step and obeyed God and went to the land of Canaan, he would not have experienced the blessings of God like unfortunately his father did not experience. And so the question that I want to pose for us today, another question is, what is a blessing in your life that you are not experiencing? Could it be because you're not obeying God in that area? Perhaps you're not experiencing, right, the, the, the blessing of God in your marriage Perhaps it's because you have not been obeying God in your marriage. Maybe you're not seeing the blessing of God in regards to your children. Perhaps it's because you have not been obeying the Lord when it comes to your children. Maybe you have not been seeing the blessing of God in your finances. Could it be because you, have been, you haven't been obeying the Lord with your wealth, with what he's given to you? You have not been honoring him with your wealth? You see, what is an area in your life, maybe your romantic life, for some of us who are single, maybe the Lord has, you're not experiencing the blessings of God in your romantic life because maybe you're not obeying the Lord and, and, and following his leading in your life. So the reality is, listen, we can never divorce the blessings of God from the obedience of God. Sometimes we like to receive the blessings of God, but we don't want to obey what God is telling us to do. Amen? Oh, but Omar, you don't understand. It's just so hard. If you only knew my situation, if you only knew my circumstances, if you only knew what's going on, listen, it's just too hard. I just don't know where we're going from here. So much uncertainty. I just don't know the way. Well, then write this down as big number two. Listen, God calls us to trust him before we understand. Can I get an amen to that? Now, listen to what the passage states. It says, the Lord, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse I, and, and, and in you, all the families of the earth 
shall be blessed. Now, folks, think about this. God is telling this older man who's 75 years old with his older wife who cannot have children that if you obey me, you will be actually, your son will be a great nation and all the families on earth will be blessed. Folks, that's not even logical. You know, Abraham didn't have the rest of the, of the Bible to see how things were going to turn out. But you know what happened? He trusted the Lord even before he understood how he was going to work. Isn't that right? And you know, oftentimes, listen, oftentimes God is leading families to trust the Lord in this uncertain season even before we truly understand the end of this part of the journey. In fact, God's word tells us to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own what? On your what? Yeah, on your own understanding. In other words, you trusting and following the leading of God is never tied, it's never dependent on your understanding of how everything is going to go. Unfortunately, your and my hearts, listen, our sinful hearts, listen, we only want to trust God. We only want to follow his leading if we know the way, if we know every turn, if we know the end point, right? You know, for example, uh, there's times when Ashley and I, whenever we go to a new place, uh, you know, places we've never been to before, there's times you know, we always put in a GPS, right? But there's times that she's holding the phone. Yeah, and she's holding the GPS in her hand. And here's what happens. There's times that I don't know where the end road is. I don't know where we're going. So I'm just driving there. She's like, make a left here. Uh, make a right here. Uh, go straight here. Go around this roundabout. And folks, I got to admit, it drives me crazy. Why? Because if I don't know how the whole journey is and the end point, man, I'm like angsty the whole time. And sometimes I'm like, babe, give me that phone. I got to see. I got to see where this, where this road is heading because, you know, I don't like that, right? And folks, once I see it, oh, all right, now I can give her back the phone and I can just follow her, her lead, right? And folks, listen, sometimes it's the same with, with God. Right? God has the GPS. He knows where we're going, how everything's going to turn out. He knows the end point. But sometimes we're here. We don't want to trust God. Right? We don't want to. No, no, no. I need to know. Unless I know where all the turns are, how everything's going to turn out, I don't know if I could follow the leading of God. And folks, isn't the biggest temptation you and I face as we start this new year is that we will walk by sight and not by faith. repeat that. One of the biggest, if not the biggest challenge, temptation that you and I have today in our lives is that we would walk by sight and not by faith. And if you think about it, listen, for those of us who are a little older, the older you get, the more you realize this. When you look back in your life, the times that you regret the most, the times that you wish, man, I wish I could go back and fix and not do those things is because you are walking by sight and not by faith. So listen, God is telling us, listen, man, God is calling us to take steps of obedience even before we understand. And that leads to the next point. Write this down as point number three. Listen, that at some point, God is calling us to take steps, to take actions 
of obedience. In fact, let's go back to the text. It says, so Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abraham took Sarai, his wife, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. So what we see is that the entire family, after hearing from God, they trusted the Lord. They made a pact, and they began to journey to the land of Canaan. And I want to challenge families here today. Listen, men, say it out loud. Talk about it. Make a pact that as you start this New Year's, you may not have the perfect family. You may have a lot of issues. But you know what? This year, we're going to trust the Lord like never before. Amen? Listen, I want to encourage you to talk about it. Let it be a reminder from your word today from today's teaching. Man, we, we got to trust the Lord in this part of the journey. The unfortunate thing is, I know what's happened sometimes. Some of you may be thinking, look, Omar, you just don't know my family. Sometimes, you know, there's just too much history. Many of them are not believers. Some of them think they're believers. Some of them are believers, but early on, I feel like I'm the only one. Yeah, that I know the Lord. I'm the only one that trusts the Lord. Well, let, let me remind you of something. Write this down as letter A. Your family's obedience starts with you. Amen. Amen? Listen, you cannot control what others do. You can only control what you do. In fact, Peter gives a good example of this. You know, he was writing a letter, and there were some women who apparently their husbands, they were, became believers, uh, but their husbands had not become believers yet. And so listen to what Peter tells them in 1 Peter chapter 3. He says, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, that they may be one without a what? Without a word by the conduct of their wives. Listen, Peter doesn't say, Peter doesn't tell wives, hey, nag your husband, hit him over the head with the Bible, yell at them, do, no, 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 he says, listen, you know what, daughter of God, just obey the Lord, do what God is calling you to do, and you need to let God work in your husband's heart, right? That's what Peter's saying. And folks, that's a principle that you can apply to every circumstance in life whether it's children or work or an issue or a, listen, whatever the case may be, even if your family does not obey, you obey. So for example, if no one in your family wants to come to church, listen, you get ready on the weekend and you come to church and you worship God. Yeah? When your family doesn't want to get together to pray and seek the Lord when there's an issue, you know what? You go, you get on your knees, and you pray to God. You know, when there's, a, when, when there's an issue that their family, they want to get revenge or they want to take action in a certain way, listen, you don't take action, and you stay humbly trusting God. You are meek, and you allow God to work. When no one in your family wants to honor God with what they've been given, listen, you honor the Lord with your finances. You do, you handle them the way that God would honor God. You see, you cannot control what your family does, but you can begin with taking steps of obedience yourself. And then you just let God work in your family's heart little by little. Can we praise God for that? Do you agree with that? So let me end with this. You know, going back to the opening story, there was a moment, right, 
in Indiana Jones' life where he had to come to a place where he had to take a step of faith. In fact, take a look. You got to love that scene, right? You know what I love about that scene the most? He said, I don't know if you noticed, but his father, as he was laying on the ground, he said, you got to believe, boy. You got to believe. Folks, I think that's what the Lord is trying to teach us today as we start this brand new year. Listen, he's telling you, your heavenly father is telling you, you got to believe, boy. You got to believe. You got to believe, girl. Got to believe. Because we know that when we take a step into the unknown, the Lord is with us. Amen? He will never leave us or forsake us. He already has the, the road planned ahead of us. He just wants us to take steps of faith and trust Him along the way. Can we praise God for that this morning? You know, maybe some of us are here today at one of our campuses, and the reality is, is that you don't have a relationship with the Lord. Maybe you're brand new, you've been started coming here for several weeks, and the reality is, is that you don't know how to take steps of faith with the Lord because you don't even have a relationship with God. And there's something in you right now, as you're sitting there right now listening to God's Word, there's something in you that says, you know what, I need to get right with God. I am tired of going through this life by myself. I've, I need a Heavenly Father. I need God with me. I need God to lead me in my life. How do I start a relationship with God? Well, it's very simple. The Bible says that all that you have to do is put your faith and trust in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. That's the first step. You have to believe that he lived the perfect life of obedience for you, that he died the death on the cross for your sin, for your shame, and then he resurrected to new life, to new life, to give us a future and a hope. But there has to come a point that you put your faith, and you know what happens when you put your faith, when you surrender to the Lord? The Bible says that he forgives you of all of your sins. The shame's gone. He forgives you. 
He then makes you his own son and daughter or daughter. From that moment on, you start a personal relationship with God that will not only last the rest of our life, but listen, even to the, to the next one. But folks, there has to be a moment where you surrender. And you say, Lord, I need you. You put your trust in the Lord. The question is, will you do so today? As far as for prayer. Father, we are so grateful today, oh God, that we are reminded in your word that all we got to do is take steps of faith and we know that you're there for us, that you will lead the way. But with all heads bowed and all eyes closed at all campus, I want to speak to some of us here today who may be joining us for the first time, you're a visitor, you're, you've been coming for several weeks, and you know, it's, you know, you know it's time. It's time for you to take a step with the Lord and start a relationship with the Lord. And so in a few moments, I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And this prayer is not a poem. It's just something we, we, that I'm doing here to help you talk to the Lord for the first time. And when you pray this, listen, you don't pray this to me. You pray to the God who loves you and gave his son to die on the cross for you, all right? So if that's you, pray this with me. Father, today I come before you. And Lord, I come, I'm tired of living life by myself. I need you. So I confess all of my sin. I ask you forgiveness of my sin. And today I put my trust and my faith no longer in the things of this world, but on you alone. Save me today. Give me everlasting life, oh Lord. And for the rest of my life, may you lead me through your word to live a life that honors you and glorifies you until the day I see you face to face. Thank you, Father, for saving me today. It's in the precious name of Jesus I pray. And all of God's people say, amen.